Now, the Lord dealt with me some time ago, and he said to me, he said, uh, this generation has, a, this generation is cursed in a way because the Bible said in the, the book of Romans, chapter number one, I didn't, I didn't bother to read it because you can go back and read it. Just trust me. I'm not going to, I don't believe in lying on God. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter number one, the Bible said that there was a people that knew God, but they did not glorify him as God. They did not glorify him as God. And if you're going to glorify him as God, then you've got to glorify him for sovereignty that you don't understand. You've got to glorify him for sovereignty that you don't understand. Every once in a while, you've got to learn how to glorify God because I don't know why I'm having to deal with the stuff I'm dealing with, but I have to trust that he's God. And because he is God, he knows. Hey, I believe it was Job that said, I looked on the right hand, I couldn't find God. I looked on the left hand, I couldn't where he does the work, and I couldn't perceive him. Uh, I looked behind me. I couldn't find God. Uh, but finally, I got to the place where I just said, God, you know the way that I take, uh, and I'm going to glorify you as God. Well, when's the last time you glorified him just for being God? When's the last time you just told God, I'm just glorifying you because God, because you are God? Oh, yeah, and then it goes further to say, and then it goes further to say, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible goes further to say, and he said, this is the curse or the entrance way to a reprobate mind. He said, this is the entrance to a reprobate mind. He said, because the next part says, neither were they thankful. Neither were they thankful. I'm amazed at people that come to church and never give God thanks. I'm amazed at people that have the Holy Ghost and never say thank you. I'm amazed at people, oh, sit there and act like I don't know what I'm talking about. But we act like God is some Santa Claus somewhere where God will just give us what we want. And then when we don't get the car we want, we just don't show up to church. And when we don't get the house we wanted, well... I'm just not going to praise God today. Oh, away with that attitude. That is then an entrance to a reprobate mind. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to plow through it anyway. I'm going to say it again. Neither were they thankful because that's the that is the entrance to a reprobate mind because the Bible said because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Uh, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. It wasn't that they got knowledge. That wasn't the problem. They did not offer up enough thanksgiving to keep God at the forefront of their minds. Oh, I'm going to say it again. You ought to be thankful to God that God has just been so good to you. You ought to be thankful that you got a house to live in. Oh, 
it may not be some Beverly Hills mansion, but at least you got a house to live in. It, oh, you may not have pulled up in a Cadillac Escalade today, but at least you got something to drive. Oh, God, help me. Oh, you may not be wearing designer clothes today, but at least you got some clothes to put on. Somebody ought to get up in this house and give God some praise in this house. You ought to give God some. I'm just glad. I'm just glad. At least I got my right mind. At least I didn't have to get in a wheelchair today. At least I didn't have to do all that. I'm thankful. Oh, God, help me somebody. You ought to praise the Lord in this house. You ought to just say, I'm thankful. You don't have to do nothing, but I'm thankful. All right. I told an individual here this morning before I got ready to take the, the pulpit in the second service, God has given me my life back. You mean to tell me after coming back from over 600 pounds and I'm, I, I've lost almost 500 pounds and I could have died of a heart attack, I could have died of sleep apnea, I could have done all that and God gave me my life back and I'm not going to give God some praise? You out your ever-loving mind. I'm going to give God some praise up in this house. And you ain't got to sing my favorite song to do it. And you ain't. The reason why some of you ain't got a miracle is because you're not thankful. You wasn't thankful for the last one. And you won't be thankful for this one. Just punch your neighbor next to you and tell him, are you going to say anything yet? Look at him and say, are you going to say anything or are you just going to keep your mouth closed? Because if you are, I'm going to find another place to sit because I'm not near going to be sitting next to people that don't offer Thanksgiving. No, look at him right in the eyeballs and say, are you going to say anything or are you going to keep your mouth closed? Well, I'm just not good enough. The Bible said, let everything that has breath if you're breathing, you better be praising. If you're breathing, you ought to be celebrating. If you're breathing! If you're breathing, you ought to. If you're breathing, you should be praising the Lord. He didn't say if you're good enough. He said if you're breathing! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, he if you're breathing, you ought to be praising. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're breathing, you ought to be praising. He didn't say if you didn't commit sin. He didn't say, well, you committed sin so you can't praise God. He said, no, if you're breathing, you ought to be thankful you didn't die in your sin. We have... We have a generation, ladies and gentlemen. They treat the church. They treat the church like some welfare line. Uh, they only show up when there's a need. They only show up when there's a need. Unway uh, with that. They only show up when they want to get their powdered milk and king vitamin cereal. Uh, Y'all don't know nothing about no king vitamin cereal, but uh, just look it up. Uh, you, you, you. 
you don't want none, I'll tell you that. But they only show up when they got the welfare cheese. I'd show up for that right now. They only showed up when they had the commodity boxes going on. But when they got money in the bank, you can't find them nowhere. When they got a nice car to drive, they ain't got no, they, you can't find them. When they're not about to repossess the house, you can't find them. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. This praise that I'm giving to God is not motivated by a storm. It is motivated out of thanksgiving. I appreciate people that come to the altar to search the things of God. Can I? Uh, but I want you to know the very first altar in your Bible uh, was found in the book of Genesis chapter number 8. And ma'am, that altar was not built during a storm. That altar was not built during a storm. Because if your motivation for altars is a storm, then you're going to have to have an, a storm the rest of your life just for you to come to an altar. Help me. But I'm going to tell you right now, that, that altar that Noah built was motivated out of gratitude. That, no, that altar that Noah built was motivated from an attitude that said, I could have died in that storm, but God kept me in it. I want to know, has anybody ever came out of a storm in here? Has anybody ever came out of a storm and you're just glad that you didn't die in it? I didn't die in it, but I could have. I could have drowned in that, but I didn't. Oh, look at your neighbor testify to him and say, I could have died in that. I could have drowned in that. I could have drowned in that. I could have drowned in that, but God got me out of it. I was sinking, but God got me out of it. I was running low, but God picked me up. I Noah come out of that ark, and when he come out of that ark, the first thing he did, it was the first time that the Bible records that God ever smelled. It was the first time. I'm... I'm preaching today about altars that propel. Uh, I'm preaching about altars that propel. I, uh, because the first altar that was mentioned in Scripture was an altar that was born out of gratitude. And it was the first place that God records in his holy writ that he ever smelled anything. And the Bible said that when he when he did that, that altar that Noah built propelled him to something. Uh, yeah, don't ever make a mistake. No mistake, make no mistake about it. The altar that you're building is going to propel you somewhere. Uh, yeah, don't you, don't you let the devil lie to you and say, well, this altar ain't going to do me no good anyway. Don't you let the devil lie to you and say, well, because I'm going to tell this church right now, God sent me to this church to tell you this church is been building altars that is going to propel them into multiplication. I come to preach to this church. This church has been building altars on Monday. This church has been building altars on Tuesday. This church has been building altars on Wednesday. This church has been building altars on Thursday, on Friday. 
I got a word for this church because that altar that Noah built, it propelled him into multiplication. Uh, it propelled him into multiplication. Brother Wade, how can you prove that? Because my Bible lets us know that from Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, the whole world was multiplied. I think I'll say it again, turn point. The altars that this church has been building corporately is, a, is about to propel you into multiplication. You still didn't get it. I said, this altar that you've been building is going to propel you into multiplication. We're not talking about one or two at a time. We're talking about hundreds, thousands, millions. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not. That's the way it is. Because when you build an altar of gratitude, it propels you into multiplication. Uh, yeah, it propels you into multiplication. It propels you into multiplication. Not addition, but multiplication. Mm -hmm. I'll say it again. Not addition, but multiplication. And the second place that was altar was built is the book of Genesis chapter number 12. And the Bible said that this man by the name of Abraham, who God calls out of Ur of the Chaldees, calls him out. Doesn't know God, but goes to a place. He's going not knowing whether he went. And he builds an altar. And the Bible said that he's between Bethel and Ai. He's between the house of God and a bunch of ruins. Got Bethel on the west, and he's got Ai on the east. So he builds an altar. And when he builds an altar, ladies and gentlemen, see, I have, I don't have the time because y'all are going to, you got something in the Instapot, and it's probably the pressure release is about to go off anytime. But listen to me. Watch what I'm going to tell you. Some of y'all didn't think I knew anything about Instapot, but I got, I'm married. Hallelujah. I'm married. My wife's worked that Instapot a few times. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, she does pretty good with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I don't miss too many meals. I'm in the feasting and believing. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible says that he takes that. But look at your neighbor and say, your altar will propel you. Yeah, your altar will propel you. Look at him and say, say it with conviction and say, your altar is going to propel you. Your altar is going to propel you. And the Bible said that he's got AI on the east and he's got ruin on the east and he's got, he's got the house of God on the west. But the Bible said he builds that altar and instead of uh, his altar propelling him towards the ruin, uh, the altar propels him into purpose. Uh, better not because I'm going to tell you right now don't tell me you came to an altar and you built an altar in the presence of God and that altar propelled you towards the ruin I'll tell you right now I got scripture that proves that altar is not going to propel you towards backsliding that altar is going to propel you towards your purpose Oh, yeah. When you come to this altar and you leave and you had a real relationship with God, you're going to go opposite of the ruin. You're not going to go back to that trouble you've been living in. Oh, God. Oh, it's getting real tight right about now, but don't worry. We're going to, don't, don't worry. We're going, it's going to make sense in a minute. That, that altar propelled him into the, into the land. That altar propelled him into his divine purpose. Uh, 
yeah, I, I marvel at people that come to the altar and they say they, they got down there and they cried some big crocodile tears only to go back to the mess they were in before the sun came up the next morning. Uh, did you know, did you not know in that Bible, brothers and sisters, do you not know that that Bible tells us there was altars in that Bible built and there was no sacrifices laid on it, ma'am? That The altars were built but no burnt offering was on it. There was no sacrifice that came on it because that altar was not built for a sacrifice. That altar was built for nothing more than to be a witness against a generation. It was to be nothing more than a witness against a generation that would come down there and boo-hoo and cry but got up and retreated back to the lifestyle they were trying to get out of. God said, when you do that, that altar will not be a witness for you. It will be a witness against you. Uh, can I preach a little more here? I, I don't, we, I don't, I'm not trying to bore you, but uh, it's amazing to me how, how our shout goes out the window when we're not being prophesied a Cadillac and how our, how our gratitude goes out the window and uh, how our gratitude goes out the window when we're not being told we're going to get a new house and when we're not being told everything's going to be rosy and peachy and when we're not being told everything's just going to go be okay. Our gratitude goes out the window. I'm going to tell you something right now. The reason why people can't praise God is because they keep looking for a shall be and they're missing out on what currently is. I better not. I, I'm going to say it again. Some of you keep looking for a shall be. That's why you're not shouting here today. You keep looking for a tomorrow because tomorrow's a good cop out. But you have forgot about what's happening right this minute. That God's working on your deliverance right now. And then, and then look at your neighbor and say, tell him again, your altar will propel you. Your altar will propel you. It will propel you, propel you. That means to move you by force. Yeah, altars won't let you be lazy. Altars will propel you by force. Altars won't let you gradually get out of the mess. Altars will pull you and push you right out of the mess. Oh, God. I... Yeah. third place, the third place, the third place that altars are mentioned is in the book of Genesis chapter 13. And the Bible says that Abram builds an altar. This is verse number four. Because your altar is going to propel you somewhere. See, ma'am, I'm not smart enough to come up with this by myself. I just ain't. I, I, I ain't demeaning myself, but I'll just tell you right now, if Jesus had to give this to me, or I'd be sank. But I'm going to tell you, this message, ma'am, is birthed out of a frustration. This altar is birthed out of a frustration of just coming to church and not advancing. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm, I'm tired of seeing, I'm tired of seeing people come to the altar and, and walking out of our services and and uh, after allegedly having built an altar unto the Lord and walking out and 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 go backwards and not forward okay maybe I'm the only one tired of that 
I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. At some point, we got to have some advancement up in here. At some point, I got to advance out of this mess. But Abraham builds an altar in Genesis chapter 13. And the Bible says in verse 4 that he builds this altar. And between 4 and 8, something begins to happen. There begins to be some strife and begins to be some contention. and begins to be some problems arise at the Abraham house. The Bible said they were so blessed that the earth couldn't handle the riches. I told the Lord one time, I said, I'd like you to try that on me. Just try that out on me. See if I come to church with a bad attitude. I said to Laura, so you try that out on me anytime you get ready. See if I come to church with my arms folded. See, I, I traveled this, I've traveled all over the place. I've traveled <coughs> this world for almost 25 years. I'm tired of coming to church and people coming up to the altar when we're trying to get propelled somewhere. And they stand up there and stand like this. I'm tired of watching people get up there. I, I'm, I'm tired of watching people get up there. And they, and they just come up there to stand. Stand at an altar, but won't get on one. Oh, I better not. I'm sorry. Well, the, Jesus knows my heart. The Bible said out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth to speak. If you got your mouth closed, that must mean you don't have no gratitude. I, I got to go. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I don't want to mess nobody up here today. I didn't come here to rebuke nobody, but the mere fact that you got your mouth closed means that you don't think you got anything to be thankful for. After God's been so good to some of us, how are we going to sit here and keep our mouth shut? And Abraham said, wait a minute. I, I, he said, now wait a minute. He said, something happened in verse number 8. The Bible said between 4 and 8, something begins to, have, begins to have a conflict in the house. And the Bible says, now watch what happens. Abraham's altar propels him somewhere. He comes to Lot and he says, don't let there be no strife between us. This is what he said. You can't make this up. For we are brothers. I just built an altar in verse number four. And my altar's taking me somewhere. Where's your altar propelling you to, Abraham? Towards unity. Because if you've got a real altar, it'll propel you to walk in unity with each other. I'm going to say it again. Your altar will propel you towards unity. Your altar won't propel you to fight with one another. Your altar will propel you to figure out how to get along with each other. Hallelujah. Your altar will propel you. An 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 altar will propel you. 
an altar will propel you. You either, you, you either propel towards the ruin or you'll propel towards unity. And then in verse number 18 of chapter number 13, my dear sir, he says, now you go back and read it. Uh, he, the Bible says that he builds another altar. Abraham builds another altar. I had the time I talked to some of y'all how you better get off of that lone, that that Lone Ranger Island. I'm gonna say it again. If I had the time, I'd talk to y'all about getting off Lone Ranger Island. Acting like you're an island to yourself. Acting like you can make it by yourself. Um, well, I might as well. I'm going to take a station break right here. I'm going to tell some of y'all something right now in the Holy Ghost. See, I'm going to tell you in Luke chapter number 5, the Bible says that Jesus tells Peter, he says, let down your net for a draught. That's what he says. Let down your net for a draught. And uh, and my dear sister, had Peter not had the right partners close by, he would have not only lost the harvest, he would have lost his ministry. He would have lost everything. You better hear me. I'm going to tell some of y'all right now. You need people in this church. And the reason why you need people in this church is because you got a harvest that's too big for you to reel in by yourself. God help me. I'm going to prophesy to this church right now. There's a harvest that this church is going to get into that you don't have enough. You're not big enough by yourself to get it. That's why you better have an altar that propels. You better have an altar that propels you into divine partnership. God, oh God, oh God, I'm going to tell you something right now. The, Bi the Bible tells us he had partners close by that he could call. Could, well, who's going to get the harvest? Who's going to get the credit? Who's going to get this? It doesn't matter who gets it because it's too big for you to handle. We're not talking about hundreds. We're talking about millions. Well, I guess I will talk about this right here. I'm going to tell you something right now. The Bible said that Philip goes down to Samaria, and when he gets down there, he preaches Jesus. Jesus breaks the back of witchcraft down there. All kinds of stuff happens. I mean to tell you, uh, the people are baptized. Uh, miracle signs and wonders takes place. But he couldn't do it without divine partnerships. And the Bible said that he didn't get down in the dumps because nobody got the Holy Ghost when he preached. The Bible said he called Peter and John. You know why? Because he had an altar of he had an altar that didn't propel him to self-centeredness, to the hero complex. He had an altar that propelled him into partnership. Ah, I didn't intend to preach this, but here it is. I'll go tell some of y'all something right now. The Bible said Peter and John went down there, and when they got down there, they were no better than Philip was. 
They didn't look at Peter and say, get out of here. And they didn't look at Philip and say, get out of here, you little bum. You ain't got no significant ministry. Well, praise the Lord. They didn't look at Philip and say, well, get out of here, you little bum. You, you didn't have what it took. What do you mean he didn't have what it took? He went down there and preached Jesus. I'm talking about worked miracles. I'm talking about broke the back of witchcraft. You need to get out of this insecurity and inadequacy. Oh, I, oh God, help me. I, I got to go. Because an altar will propel you out of that. Uh, how much time do I got? I, I don't want to take too much time. But here they are now. The Bible said that in Acts chapter number 3, Acts chapter number 3, they come down there, and the lame man is down there at the gate beautiful. And when he's shaking his cup, saying, give me silver and gold, he's shaking that cup and saying, give me some silver and gold. And he says, Peter didn't say, look on me. He said, look on us. See, I'm going to tell you right now, Paul dies in that jail in Acts 16 if he doesn't have a divine partner by the name of Silas. He doesn't have a divine partner by the name of Silas. When at midnight, the darkest hour, oh, yeah, one's got to pray while the other's praising. One's got to praise while the other's praising. One's got to praise while the other's praying. Oh, don't you sit there like the Lone Ranger, like you don't need somebody. There's somebody on your pew that you need to help you get the harvest. That's what your altar will propel you into. Somebody better give God some praise in this house. Somebody look at somebody and pull on them and say, it's midnight in my world, and I got to have somebody praising. I can do the praying, but I got to have a praiser. you're a prayer but I need a praiser if I'm going to get out of this prison two are better than one I'm telling you right now there's a harvest so big coming to the Columbus metro area that one church can't handle it said there's a harvest in Metro Columbus that is too big for one church one man one ego Throw your hands in the air and pray in the Holy Ghost. I think that'll be appropriate right now. I'm...
turn point, you have built altars. Turn point, you have built altars and have caught the nerves and the smelling, uh, smelling nerves of God. The nerves, the nerves that control the smelling. God has smelted incense. has caught the savor of somebody's of Turnpoint's altar. Somebody offered up the right sacrifice. Somebody offered up the right sacrifice. Turnpoint offered up the right sacrifice that caught the nostrils of God. What was it? I'll tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't a sacrifice of woe is me. Hey, Abraham, what did your altar propel you into? In Genesis 13, 18, oh, his altar propelled him somewhere. His altar propelled him somewhere. In verse 8, it propelled him to unity. But in verse 18, it propelled him to something else. Because in the opening lines of chapter number 14, the Bible said that while Lot was meandering his way down to Sodom, the king of Sodom took him hostage. But altars propel you. Altars will propel you into something. And that altar that Abraham built in Genesis 13 and verse number 18 propelled him into the ministry of knowing how to rescue his brother. Uh, hear what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, God is saying your altar is going to propel you into the rescuing of a backslider. God is saying to turn point, the altars that you've been building are going to propel you into the ministry of recovery. Oh, somebody ought to praise the Lord in this house. I'm telling you what I know. Turn points being propelled. Turn points being propelled. I wish somebody just get out of your seat for just a minute and offer up to God a sacrifice of not woe is me. Your altar. Your altar, your altar. Hey, my brother, just wait on me for a minute. I want you to hear what I'm fixing to tell you. Your altar is going to propel you somewhere. It's going to propel you into the ministry of recovering a brother.
Because the Bible said the kings of Sodom got a hold of Lot. And somebody come down there and told old brother Abraham. Somebody got out of there and told old brother Abraham, your brother Lot has been taken captive. And the Bible said he got him and the 300 of his trained servants. And he got them together. And he took and went down there and destroyed five kings. Because uh, your altar will propel you into victory. Uh, Your altar will propel you into victory. Well, hallelujah. I said, your altar will propel you into victory. It'll propel you into the rescuing of a backslider. It'll propel you to get something unnerved in you. When you find out your brother's been taken captive, you'll get up and you'll get to, you'll get to moving. You'll... Did you hear what I just said? The word propel means to move by force. When you get an altar and you hear your brother been taken by the devil, you'll move with force. You'll move heaven and hell. You won't eat. You won't sleep. never I'm gonna tell you all something and I'm just gonna brush this and I'm gonna go on but we have never in our society ever heard more more about now it even I, I can't even hardly bring myself to say it because it just aggravates me we have heard more about mental illness than we have heard ever in our lives when a lot of it is nothing more than a cop-out. Oh, okay. See, I got rebuked a while back for, I got rebuked a while back. Hallelujah. But guess what? I'm going to tell you right now. I know people have issues. I know people got problems. Well, hallelujah. I know they got issues. But I'll tell you right now, you go down to a doctor, they'll put anything on you you want. Just, just. They'll give you anything you want. Just tell them, just give them some symptoms. I tell you right now, we, we could go down to the doctor right now and they call us certified crazy. You mean you talk to a God that ain't there? Hello? They call you crazy. But let them call me crazy. Hello? Mental illness here, mental illness there, mental illness everywhere. And now it's in the church. Well, you just don't know what I'm dealing with. There's people that's come out of stuff in this church, and they came out with their right mind. I'll tell you right now, an altar of gratitude will propel you into a right mind. I'm sorry. I, oh. Sitting over. I saw a commercial on Caleb the other day. They had this commercial on the radio to help you stop smoking. And one of the side effects was you. You have a tendency to kill yourself. 
lying. Go look it up. It's called Chantix. Has a tendency to cause suicidal thoughts. I just want to quit smoking. I ain't trying to kill myself to do it. Y'all laughing, but I feel like laughing right now. I'm, I'm. will propel you into something. The Bible said Jesus healed the lunatic. Jesus said, the, the Bible said Jesus healed the lunatic. He didn't get over there and say, well, you know, mm, let's feel sorry for him and pat him on the back. And, Ma'am, I'm sorry. This sounds bad but I'm not trying to make it bad. I'm going to tell you, there are people that build altars every week and they build altars of sorrow and they build altars of regret and they build altars of loneliness and they build altars to their they build altars to their loneliness and their heartbreak and they build altars to the storms they've had to go through and they want to know why they don't advance beyond them they how they want to know how come we don't advance you're not advancing not because you didn't build an altar it's the materials you built with Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There's altars that don't propel. There's altars that don't propel. What are those altars? See, the brazen altar in Scripture was meant to be for communion. Covenant. Sacrifice, not out of duty, not out of ritual, but because you brought us out of bondage. You, you, you brought me out of bondage. You brought me out of bondage. It's not, it's not with this church, ma'am. It's not with this church because I, I know where I'm at. But we got these preachers. All they want to do is tell campfire stories. Sit around saying kumbaya. Wear a flannel shirt and flip-flops. Talk about and talk about I'm passionate for Jesus. I got passion for Jesus. Shh, dumb it down. Water it down. These are the same jokers that don't have an altar. 
Because when you do, fire falls on it. These are the same people. Genesis, and, and, and that brazen altar was supposed to propel them into communion. But they presented unbelief at that altar when they told God we're not able to take the land. And the minute they told God we're not able to take the land, let me help you with it. The Bible said that was an altar that did no longer propel them. An altar that was supposed to advance them no longer propelled them. And for 40 years they wandered because they built an altar to their bondage. They built an altar to their sorrow. But I'm not standing in that kind of church today. I'm standing in a church that has built altars that is going to propel them. But I'm going to tell some of you right now, I'm going to preach on an individual level right now to preach to some of you that all you could think about is your sorrow. All you could think about is your disappointment. I'm going to tell you that's the wrong materials. You built with the wrong material. You need an altar that will propel you. And that will be an altar of gratitude. Come on, somebody ought to just bless the Lord right now. Somebody ought to just bless the Lord right now. Somebody ought to just bless the Lord right now. Somebody ought to tear down that altar of sorrow. Tear down that altar. Tear down that altar of sorrow. Tear down that altar of sorrow. Tear down that altar of sorrow. We've cried long enough.